Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. Who you're being elicits your experience. Now, this is not absolute, but the idea is the place to begin with responsibility is to look at who you're being, because who you're being has an effect on other people, and it will elicit qualities, attributes from them. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. We've lost the art of asking great questions, but over this four-part series, we're going to get back into practice. Why is the art of asking questions important? Good question. Asking great questions is an expression of curiosity and the desire to learn. You don't grow without being deeply curious. And you'll find that your curiosity elicits curiosity in others and inspires them to grow as well. For managers, this is absolutely key to developing people. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that, with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on the show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. So I, I wanted to tell a little bit of a story um, to get started. Uh, this part two of the story that I didn't realize had two parts when I told part one. And uh, then we'll go into debriefing the assignment from last week, which was to tell one uncomfortable truth per day. And, uh, and then we're going to talk about the art of asking questions, one of my most favorite subjects and certainly one of the lost arts in our world. And uh, Peter, appreciate the why, why wouldn't we question. Always a good question. Why wouldn't something, that's speaking of questions, is always, always a cool question. Why wouldn't you? So uh, first, a, a story that is not mine, and then a story that is mine. So a Zen master was sitting in between two towns up on a hill, on a path between two towns. And he sees uh, one man approach him, moving from town A to town B. And the man says, Old man, what are the people like in this town down there that I'm going to? And the Zen master says, well, what were the people like in the town you were just at? And he says, oh, they were wretched and cruel and they hurt my feelings. And the Zen master says, oh, well, I'm afraid you will find the people in that other town the same way. And the man grumbles something and wanders off down the path to the second town. A few minutes later, another man walking from town A to town B approaches the Zen master. Old man, he says, what are the people like in yonder town down there? And the Zen master says, what were the people like in the town you were just at? And he says, oh, they were gracious, generous, kind, and noble people. 
And the Zen master says, ah, then you will find the people in the next town to be the same. So part two of the story that I told several weeks ago about being verbally and emotionally abused at the safety inspection station for my truck, I decided to go back. And there's a couple different angles I want to talk about. First, I was so nervous. I get, even, I get nervous even thinking about that I was going back, that I went back. My mouth was dry. My heart was beating fast. I'm going through all these virtual realities and fantasies about what I'm going to do if she says that and what I'm not going to do if she says this and all that. And, and the whole time asking myself, why am I going back to this place? Why am I doing this? This is crazy. But the reason I was going back was because I was afraid. Or more accurately, a part of me was afraid. And for me, in my world, fear is most often a reason to do something rather than to avoid something. Because my value is that growth is important. And when you're afraid of something, it's often a reason to do it. Now, I'm not saying it's absolute or anything. If you're afraid of crossing a 10-lane highway at uh, rush hour, I'm not saying that's a reason to do it. I'm saying it's a reason to pause and ask yourself, oh, would this be a good thing to do? Would this be a good challenge? I decided to go back because I thought about that story and I saw the, the Zen story. And I saw an opportunity to see, hmm, I wonder if I can elicit this scary woman or, you know, scary to me, if I can e elicit some different aspect of her just by changing who I was being. Because I was clear that I had shown up and was a little too demanding for, you know, what the space said. You know, I, if you impose your uh, a, a rush kind of mentality on a lot of the locals here, they literally get offended. Uh, it just doesn't fit with the culture. So I showed up and was the most kind, polite, and easygoing gentleman I could possibly be. And she was a complete and total joy. It was remarkable. Now, it certainly could be that I had just caught her on a bad day previously, and, but it was worth the exercise. And she let my truck go with an illegal tent on it. So, so that was useful too. That's how great she was a completely different person in many ways. So back to the Zen story, you know, the, the moral of the story, the teaching that it represents is that who you're being elicits your experience. Now, this is not absolute. It should not be taken as such. There are no absolutes in Zen. But the idea is the, the place to begin with responsibility is to look at who you're being. Because who you're being has an effect on other people. And it will elicit qualities, attributes from them that, of course, must be there for them to be elicited. right? Otherwise, they couldn't come out. But who you're being can influence what versions of people show up. And this, of course, is directly related to management. 
because the reader, the, the reason leadership is so much about who you're being is because who you're being elicits versions of people. Do they bring out the best versions of themselves or do you elicit their authority projections? Right. Just because people have authority projections doesn't mean you don't have a responsibility to do your best to avoid eliciting them. You see, just because it's not um, your fault in one way that you remind someone of their father or mother doesn't mean it's not your responsibility to try to not embody the negative qualities of their father or mother. Right. There's responsibility on both sides. So something to keep in mind. And this also is true as an employee when you're reporting to someone. How is how you're being eliciting the boss you want? How is how you're being eliciting the boss you don't want? A really good example of this is supervision. So I usually define supervision as making sure somebody does what they already know how to do and know they should do. So an employee who needs to be reminded again and again and again and again is going to elicit annoyance from a manager who subscribed to that. If you have a manager who thinks that supervision is okay and doesn't mind reminding you again and again and again, then you're not going to elicit frustration. But if you have a manager who thinks that grown-ups don't need to be reminded about anything, then you're going to elicit a manager who gets annoyed. Now, you could say, well, then that manager should be bigger than their annoyance and go a higher road and work with the person. Of course. But you as an employee, do you want to make it difficult for your manager to manage you? Do you want to challenge them in that way? That's up to you, right? So as an employee, you could ask it this way. What kind of experience do you want to have with your manager? And how are you contributing toward having that kind of experience? In other words, you're not a passive receiver of management. Look, listen, pay attention to how you're being managed. Is your boss reminding you of stuff? Do you trigger so easily that they're very carefully walking up to the line of accountability with you so your shame isn't triggered? Do you want them doing all of that work? Or do you want them to be able to be really direct with you? So because you have demonstrated that you're shame resilient enough to be able to take it in. And that's, of course, the case with any authority figure or anybody. Do people walk on eggshells with you? Do people have to make a point six different ways before you'll even consider what they're bringing? Or is the first thing out of your mouth, wow, it doesn't look that way to me, but I respect your opinion. I'm going to really think about it. All of that has an impact on your experience being managed. And I think it's not common for people to realize that you're calling forth different versions of a manager depending on how you're behaving. You actually have a lot of control over it. You can even ask a question like I've suggested before, boss, tell me how you're supervising me. If there was one thing about my behavior that you could change with a magic wand, what would it be? Bold questions that open the door for your manager to be really direct with you. Probably they'll be relieved that you asked. 
depending on what your relationship currently is. But all of this is to say, be hungry to grow, be hungry to become more aware, be hungry. That's what a good manager wants. Because then they don't have to figure out, okay, this is the thing I want to bring to this employee, which is usually the easy part, identifying what the thing is. And then the hard part is, how do I say it? When's the right time? What will the reaction be? How will I respond to that reaction? And it becomes this maze to navigate. So make it not a maze. Make it not a maze. You can do that. If you respect their opinion, if you don't respect your boss's opinion about you, why are you working for them? I have a question. Peter. I know this is my shadow showing up, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Can this go the other direction without the manager collapsing their authority? Interesting that you would say you think that's your shadow asking. Before I speak to that, why do you think that's your shadow? Because I think my shadow is looking for a way to, to justify not holding someone accountable. And so I think I may, my, my shadow or, or somebody is maybe conflating things that, that are not, not the same. Mm-hmm. But that's what I was thinking why I said that. So the question is, can the manager ask the employee for direct feedback in the same way? Yes, that's essentially what I'm saying. Uh-huh. I, I love the question. I'd say uh, not exactly in the same way. Because if you were to do it in the exact same way, you would be collapsing your authority. Okay. Right? Because the employee sort of by definition would be asking for that, that feedback in a subordinate way, you know, saying, boss, I know there's some things that you see in me that I don't see and I respect your opinion and, and I want to know. They'd be appropriately taking a subordinate energetic. Right. Um, and so in context, the manager would ask it in a different way. But in content, it could be quite similar. Okay. The only problem is the expectation of getting an honest response is problematic. (laughs) I get that. Hey, I know I have the power to fire you at any moment, but will you tell me something uncomfortably true about me? (laughs) Well, I I was thinking about asking this, this specific question. Are there ways in which I get in your way, uh, prevent you from doing your job? Yeah, good question. And then just assume that they, again, depends on your relationship and the history you have with the person and how many times you've asked it. But yeah, it's just tricky to get a a direct answer. And that's why anonymous surveys of a number of employees can be useful. Mm -hmm. You know, There's all sorts of ways to work around that. I think it's a great question to ask often and then we again goes back to the quality of being thing is who you're being someone who demonstrates that you really, really want to know and that there won't be retaliation. Cause you know, in our world, people say, Oh, I, of course I want to know your honest opinion, you know, cause that's fashionable being transparent and open and, you know, resilient to honesty. That's fashionable. But then actually give people that honesty and see what they do with it. You know, maybe one in ten actually responds to it well. It seems like it's 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 worth making the effort. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Depends depends on what your values are. I, I think it absolutely is. You know, because if you ask an employee that once a month or you know a few times a month 
for four or five months, you know, that's good marketing. Eventually, you're going to get that message across that you really want to know. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And you can add in an observation like, hey, in what way am I managing you that's not working for you? And while you think about that, I thought of a way I've been managing that I don't think is working. Let me tell you what it is. Hmm. Right. And then they might be like, yeah, that sucked. Please don't do that again. Or, yeah, in addition to that, there's another thing. And then can you stand in that? Can you receive that feedback without collapsing your authority? I believe I can. I believe I was I was being rhetorical in general, but I love that you answered. I think you can too. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.